0: Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we're going to be talking about cognitive dissonance. What is it? How do we spot it? And how do we use it to our own advantage? We're going to be giving a particular focus on the Jordan Peterson Kathy Newman interview, in which a social justice warrior news anchor interviews a clinical psychiatrist and she misrepresents purposely, not purposely, we'll look, we'll find out, but she misrepresents everything that he says. He says something and she tries to construe it to where he's like some sort of evil guy. And she tries to make him make points that he's not making. It's this interview tactic where you're trying to demonize the other side. And so we'll, we'll watch clips from that. We'll try to see what she's doing, how she's doing it. And we'll just talk about cognitive dissonance in general. Wikipedia probably has one of the best definitions of cognitive dissonance. Of course, in the field of psychology, cognitive dissonance is the mental discomfort, psychological stress experienced by a person who simultaneously holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or values. So you have two values, you have two pieces of information, they conflict. And so it causes some sort of internal tension and you need to try to relieve that tension in some manner. The occurrence of cognitive distance is a consequence of a person performing an action that contradicts personal beliefs, ideas, and values, and also occurs when confronted with new information that contradicts said beliefs, ideas, and values. In A Theory of Cognitive Distance, Leon Festinger proposes that human beings strive for internal psychological consistency in order to mentally function in the real world. A person who experiences internal consistency tends to become psychologically uncomfortable and is motivated to reduce cognitive dissonance. So they introduce some uh, coping mechanisms. You you have two pieces of information, two facts, two ideas that contradict each other. You need some sort of way to separate that one from another in order to maintain internal consistency. You need some sort of justifying or mitigating idea that you add to this system. You see Calvinists do this all the time when, when their attributes of God, they contradict, and then they go through great lengths to invent uh, wordplay, tr- tricks of language, in order to get those two to reconcile. And then, of course, like in the free will, how does free will and det- divine determinism, how do they function together? Sometimes they just throw up their hands and say, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. When, when they're dug down to that deep level of how those two things could be simultaneously true, they appeal to mystery. It's cognitive dissonance. So this is done by making changes to justify their stressful behavior, either by adding new parts to the cognition causing the psychological dissonance, or by actively avoiding social situations or contradictory information likely to increase the magnitude of the cognitive dissonance. And we see this in the Jordan Patterson, Kathy Newman, Interview in which he'll he'll say something she'll misconstrue it he'll correct her and offer facts and evidence, and then she'll just blatantly ignore what he just said and she'll move on. Cognitive dissonance in action. You can see this in the Matt Slick uh, debate where Matt Slick tries to t- switch subjects. He tries to avoid questions. He doesn't want to answer questions. And you'll see a stark difference in how Jordan Peterson answers questions and Matt Slick answers questions. Jordan Peterson answers and corrects for accuracy. Whereas Matt Slick, he tries to obfuscate. He doesn't try to answer questions. He asks the interviewer to define all the terms and he doesn't offer up what he believes in his own mind. He's making the interviewer do all the work for him where he's the one being interviewed. It's cognitive dissonance in real time with Matt Slick and in Kathy Newman here. That kind of the same thing going on if, if you watch closely those different interactions. All right, we're going to start off with this clip, this uh, Pierce Morgan's clip. He, he's, he's getting mad at uh, this uh, EU politician, and he's the Kathy Newman of the male world in English politics. So every, time, every interview with Pierce Morgan is basically him being bombastic, misrepresenting, and just being all around a kind of a scummy person. So we'll, we'll start watching this, and we'll see what Pierce Morgan does to this politician.
1: MEP uh, Janusz Korwin-Mick joins us now live from Warsaw in Poland. Morning. Welcome to you, sir. Can you explain to people in Britain, please, why you believe women should be paid less than men because they're weaker, smaller, and less intelligent?
0: Okay, so just watch what just happened there. First of all, Pierce Morgan's question wasn't a question. It was a question with, with an implicit answer. And he's assuming beliefs onto this Janice uh, Corwin Mike he's just assuming it and now watch this uh, Janice Corwin Mike's reaction Janice Corwin Mike is not as skilled and as fluent in uh, dialogue as Jordan Peterson but this is the same type of interview about the same sorts of questions so if you watch one and you watch this one you see that Pierce Morgan is doing the Kathy Newman thing but more effectively because his target is a softer target and his, his target doesn't isn't His primary language is not English, so it makes him an even softer target. I am am sorry, you are lying. I never said
2: that the women should earn less. I only said that because they are
0: uh, shorter, they are uh, weaker, they are less intelligent, they are less aggressive, and so on and so on, they earn less. Okay, so you have Pierce Morgan... Trying to frame the debate as this uh, Janice Corwin believes that women should be paid. It's a, that's a value judgment. Whereas Janice Corwin, Mike, he said that the empirical data shows us that there are reasons that women are paid less, and it's not because of their gender, it's these mitigating factors. And Jordan Peterson also does this in the interview where he talks about agreeableness, where women tend to be more agreeable than men and less agreeable people argue for higher salaries. There was an instance with Jennifer Lawrence when she's talking about when she found out how much her male co-stars made, and they made maybe like double what she did, and she realized that she was the problem. She realized that she needed to be arguing more, more forcibly for a higher wage, and she gave in too easily. And so she understood that her agreeableness was the cause of her decreased wages. And so that's that's all the the empirical data says. That's all Janice and mike is saying. That's all Jordan Peterson is saying. They're not making value judgments. This is the way the world should be. They're saying this is the way the world is. Whether it should be this way or not is a different question. And I like this little part right here where <laughs> the, the Guardian or whoever this is, they put this little caption right under him. and says, says women should be paid less than men as as he's saying that that's a bold faced lie. Pierce Morgan is a liar. He is a liar. So Pierce Morgan says that Janice Korr and Mike says women should be a value judgment paid less than men and Janice Korr and Mike says that's a lie. I never said that. I don't believe it. See Pierce Morgan needs him to hold that belief to make him into a bad guy. Talking about empirical reality that that won't make Janice Corr and Mike the bad guy that Pierce Morgan needs him to be. So Pierce Morgan is engaging in a form of cognitive dissonance. And here's how Janice Corr and Mike should have answered this question.
1: Welcome to you, sir. Can you explain to people in Britain, please, why you believe women should be paid less than men because they're weaker, smaller, and less intelligent? Morgan, you berk, You just answered your own question. You said why. Uh, And then some incoherent, kidney-faced balderdash fell out of you, and then you said, because, followed by some similarly insignificant, utter bloody mickle-wipe. You've asked me, why do you believe X? Because why? Uh, I won't even get started on the veracity of X. The question itself is structured like a Frenchman trying to park a Sherman tank inside a breakfast pastry. You're bad at
0: your
2: job. Okay, can you just give me an example? <laughs> uh,
0: so that's that's a humorous take on this issue. And and these these things are great to lampoon and lambast and make these people look silly. And Kathy Newman is getting her share of mockery for her activity, her actions, her behavior in the Jordan Peterson interview. It's a shame Pierce Morgan didn't get similar lambasting for this interview. There, there's some of it, as you see in this this puppet uh commentary on this interview. But uh, Pierce Morgan, uh, he's a shameless guy. He takes a lot of uh, criticism and he never takes it to heart. He never reforms his action and modifies his behavior to to match reality, to take these criticisms and internalize them. He doesn't do it. But But Calvinists do this too. And you'll be talking to Calvinists and they will purposely misrepresent what you're saying. You'll say, well, God changes his mind sometimes, and they'll be like, oh, so what you're saying is God makes mistakes. No, that's not what I said. Mistake is a loaded word, which doesn't quite apply to what I'm talking about right now, right? It's a loaded word. That loaded language, they need to make you into some sort of villain, because if you're not a villain, and if you're just talking biblical truths, and you're going over biblical passages, then you look like the biblical expert, and they look like the person denying the Bible. So they need to turn you into the quote-unquote bad guy and it's not necessarily that they're doing it on purpose that's the idea of cognitive dissonance that uh, they're doing it because they actually think it because if they were to think that you were actually honest true on face value caring about the text that would cause some sort of internal struggle and that would make them have to accept the evidence that they want to dismiss in order to hold to the consistency of their own views. All right, now we're gonna turn to the Jordan Peterson, Kathy Newman interview. And if you see on screen, this is Kathy Newman. And I want you to watch her facial expressions, her reactions, how she deals with this evidence, this new information as it arises. So she's a social justice warrior, and she thinks her job is to expose Jordan Peterson as some sort of evil man. You might at first when you're listening to her think that, What she's doing is just journalistic integrity that she's trying to dig for the truth. She's trying to play devil's advocate and try to uh, glean nuances out of his belief. But after about the 12th time where she says, so you're saying, and then she makes up something in her own head, something that he absolutely didn't say then you can understand that what's happening is just severe cognitive dissidence. She really, 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 truly wants him to be some sort of evil man that she's exposing for her audience. And that gives her some sort of power in her power base. She is fighting oppression. She's fighting these evil people. She's exposing these evil people. And she truly wants Jordan Peterson to be an evil man. And if you're assuming evil motivations on anyone that you're arguing with, uh, you're, you're probably not understanding them. Most people, when, when you're dealing with most people, they often have good intentions. They most often have good intentions. And you should be generous to what they're saying and why they're saying it. And not just assume that they're just saying it because they're evil people. But she really wants him to be evil. So watch, he says something, she misconstrues it. So before we start this video, this video is about the gender pay gap. The, the clip that we're going to watch right now. And to keep keep in mind that that pay gap is calculated by taking all men's salaries divided by the number of men making that salary and all women's salaries divided by the number of women making those salaries and then comparing the two. And so you're comparing nurses to CEOs, you're comparing uh, social workers to lawyers and doctors. It's It's not... It's not you take a look at women lawyer salaries versus men lawyer salaries. It's that would be like maybe somewhat of a comparison, even though there's different skills that lawyers have, there's different specialities, there's different experience levels. And so you in order to get a fair indication if women are paid the same as men, you need to break it down into those factors. You can't just do a sum average of all women. You can't be comparing nurses to lawyers, nurses to CEOs, uh, school teachers to uh uh, construction workers you can't be doing that that's that's not an accurate assessment as if 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 gender is a discriminating factor in in any sort of pay gap but kathy newman she wants this stat to be true and she doesn't want to hear any arguments that invalidates this key piece of her her system that she's built up in her own head where there's this a patriarchy where people are being oppressed that people are being oppressed right in, in the, the most fabulously rich society this earth has ever known, oh, people are oppressed, apparently, according to her. But let's listen to her, and let's, let's watch her facial expressions, watch her dodge moves. And when he presents information, does she internalize it, or does she move to something else? To
2: that here in the UK, for example, let's take that as an example, the gender pay gap stands at just over 9%. You've got women at the BBC recently saying that the broadcaster is illegally paying them less than men to do the same job. You've got only seven women running the top
0: FTSE 100 companies. So it seems to- So she equates disparity to discrimination. And he points out that no one, who wants to be a CEO? I don't want to be a CEO. I do not want to be working 90 hour weeks trying to pump my heart and soul into a company. I, I value my free time. So just because of who I am as an individual, not all individuals are going to strive for the same things. Not every single individual has the same competency or skill set. And he points that out, but she sees people as groups. She she cares about a group politics, identity politics. And so her averages, her statistics, any type of disparity means that there's individual discrimination going on, which is not the case. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of human beings and how human beings function and operate. A
2: lot of women that they're still being dominated and excluded, to quote your words back to you.
1: It does seem that way, but multivariate analysis of the pay gap indicate that it doesn't
0: exist. So Jordan Peterson here does a really good thing for individual discussions. If you're having a one-on-one discussion with someone about an issue and you want to convince them, give them a pivot, because cognitive dissonance tries to force people to just discard facts that don't fit their narrative. And when he says to her that "What we, what your observations look like Uh, It does seem like those are true observations. I understand where you're coming from and what you're seeing is is not false, uh, but have you ever considered this other thing? And he says, you know, it does seem like there is a pay gap. It does seem like there's discrimination, but multivariate analysis shows that that's not the case. And multivariate analysis, of course, is breaking it down age uh, and uh, preferences, personality types, uh, job choice, and so forth. And so he gives her an out, he gives her a pivot, she doesn't want to take it, of course, because that would destroy who she wants to be as a person, this, this social justice warrior, this uh, exposer of the evil, this, this uh, grand person, She to destroy her life's goal and her life's work.
2: But that's so just not do, true, is it? That's I mean, that 9% for... ca- pay gap, that's a gap between median hourly earnings <laughs> yeah. between men and women. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So we already talked about how that's calculated. So th- she thinks that she just made a point by stating the methodology of how that's calculated. Um, she, does, does she understand the calculation? Does she understand that, that that's, that's a useless statistic? Yeah, that he points that out.
1: yeah, but there's multiple reasons for that. One of them is gender, but it's not the only reason. Like if you're a social scientist worth, worth your salt, you never do a univariate analysis.
0: So he he's being very generous that gen, gender is a discriminating factor. And so we'll let that slide there. That might be a persuasion technique as well, saying, yeah, there is some of that, but look at this other stuff. That's, that's more the cause. Like you say, well, women in aggregate are paid less than men. Okay, well, then we
1: break it down by age. We break it down by Occupation. We break it down by interest. We break it down by
2: personality. But you're saying basically a if women aren't getting to the top, because that's what's skewing that gender pay gap, isn't it?
0: Okay, look at what she just did there. So she said, here's what you're saying. You're saying it doesn't matter if women get to the top. Is that what he said? Is that his is he describing reality or is he giving is he giving a, a description of reality? Those are two different things. So women should get to the top is a value judgment. And women by and large don't get to the top is a statement of reality statement of facts and he wants to deal with facts, he wants to deal with reality, and this is a very helpful thing in any debate. If you want to stick with reality rather than in subjective opinion, you refocus to this, say, this is not my personal opinion. I'm not talking about what I want to be true. I'm not talking about my own personal subjective opinions on this matter. Let's let's go focus on what really is. Let's focus on the empirical data, and in a, of course, in a biblical debate with a Calvinist refocusing to the bible they'll say if this is true then this is true and we don't like that well okay let's let's pretend everything you said is true and we go back to the text so it it, in your world in your reality i just pointed to this text and you said it had these bad implications well sure then we'll accept those bad implications let's deal with what that text actually says we don't dismiss the text because of some sort of implication that you might draw from the text that's, that's bad logic. That, that's a moralistic fallacy, as we've talked about before. So Jordan Peterson, he pulls his own subjective thoughts out of the debate, which puts, puts Kathy Newman in a very awkward situation, because what she needs in order to succeed at this debate is him subjectively wanting certain results over another. And he's very careful in this debate to distinguish between what actually is and what actually should be, and uh, his own personal opinions. Three different things, three different things.
2: You're saying, well, that's just a fact of not life. Saying women it doesn't aren't necessarily matter. going to get to the top.
0: No, I'm not saying it doesn't matter either. You're saying I'm saying there are multiple life.
1: reasons for it.
2: Yeah, but there is reasons why, into account. why should women put up with those reasons? <laughs> why, should why should women, should women, women be...
0: So see the assumptions in her question there. Why should women put up with those reasons? She's assuming that he believes women should put up with those reasons. And he's able to quickly spot this trap, this uh, her trying to force views on him, and he's quickly able to come up with a response. And you gotta do this with people with cognitive dissonance who start misrepresenting you. You have to challenge the assumptions in their questions in real time. If you answer their question in a normal way without questioning their assumptions that they're pulling in, You know, then they they have created they've crafted the narrative. They're saying you believe women should put up with things and take the lesser lesser jobs life satisfaction. And he's not saying that at all. He's saying women, when free to do whatever they wanna do, don't take these opportunities. They don't want these opportunities. They don't want to be competing with men at 80 hours of work in a job, sacrificing home and family life. When women are free to choose what they want to do, they pick different things than men on average. And that's true. Any any person who's dealing with men and women, uh, who, who wants to be around the kids more often? Typically, that on, on average, I know there, there's men who, who fall under the I always wanna be home with my kids. I wanna always wanna to go to every single soccer, baseball game, ballerina, dance studio, whatever. But men and women have different preferences. And you see this in the market what women buy versus what men buy. I go downstairs, I see a drawer of my wife's stuff. I'm like, you almost get mad. You're like, why are we spending money on this stuff? Why are we spending money on this stuff? Women, men, women and men are different. Different individuals are different. Different people have different preferences. And that's his point.
1: With, I'm not, not saying that they should put up with it. I'm saying that the claim that the wage gap between men and women is only due to sex is wrong. And it is wrong. There's no doubt about that.
0: The multivari- uh, I love this. I love this. So he says your presuppositions in your question are wrong. Then he focuses her back to the facts that she ignored, the multivariate analysis. She just ignored that. He refocuses her. And then he states out flatly that she's wrong. It's great.
1: Multivariate analysis have been done. Well, so I, I can give you, you an you example. You keep on talking
2: wait, about multivariate analysis. Let me give you no, an no, 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 example. I'm saying that 9% pay gap exists. Yeah. Yeah. That's a gap between <laughs> men and women.
0: He didn't deny it, but but the, he, he talked to her about why that's the case. And she's she's not getting it. And watch her face, watch her reactions. Is she internalizing what, what he said? Or is she making up, or just ignoring, ignoring, flat out ignoring everything he said? This is cognitive dissonance in real time. We're watching it in Kathy Newman.
2: I'm not saying why it exists, but it exists. Now, yeah, if but you you're a woman, that it seems exists. pretty unfair.
0: You have to say why it exists. But do you- uh, So the fairness is r- largely determined by why it's happening. If there's a pay gap and exists just because men are oppressive and they they force women into slavery and make them take the less money for the same work, uh, that would be unfair. But if the pay gap is because different people choose different things on their own accord, that's what they want to do, that's their preference. Some men want to just stay home 24-7 playing video games. They drop out of the labor market, and guess what? Uh, Fiona, uh, Carly Fiona, the presidential candidate who is a CEO of what, Apple, not Apple, uh, CEO of Hewlett-Packard, something like that, she makes more than a guy who drops out of the workforce to play video games 24-7? Horror of horrors. A woman made more than a man <laughs> for the same job. If, if you want to use those stats where you just take average out people regardless of what they decide to do, regardless of what they do for work, and then you compare those two, oh, the men are getting paid. Who stay at home 24-7 playing video games, they get paid less than a CEO of a company? Ah, oh, horror of horror. So she she has very basic misunderstandings of how the world works. And she needs to watch, it, or watch her face. She needs to square what he's giving her, facts, with her narrative of the world. And the two, they just they don't line up
2: that it's unfair. If you're a woman, and on average, you're getting paid 9% less than a man, that's not fair, is it?
1: It depends on why it's happening.
0: Yeah. For example, homosexuals make more than heterosexuals. And this is not because the US lives in some sort of homosexual patriarchy where homosexuals are valued over heterosexuals. Typically your typical homosexual tends to be very focused individual who want certain things. It, it, that's part of the reason for their sexual preferences, their sexual choices, is because they're very driven individuals and very narrowly focused individuals. And as such, they're higher productivity individuals. So the wage gap between heterosexuals and homosexuals is not because homosexuals are, are valued and championed. And we live in a homosexual patriarchy. It's, it's because different people are, are sort themselves naturally into these different groups based on their character types and, and temperaments. Also, Asians, Asians make more than white people in general. And it's not because, oh, Asians uh, rule the US, Asians have an Asian patriarchy. It's because Asians, uh, on average, their IQs are higher than white people on average. They're more industrious on average. That's not to say that Asians will always dominate white people wherever. But on an average, on an aggregate basis, Asians have higher IQs than white people. This is science. These are facts. It's not, it's not Asians should be smarter than us or Asians should rule the world. It's. This is the state of reality that we live with. We just look at the stats. We could do tests on this. We could look at bell curves. Men op- operate, women, women and men both have the same average intelligence the same average IQ, but men tend to dominate both the high and low end of the spectrum. So there's more smart men than there are smart women, and there's more complete idiot men than there are complete idiot women. Women cluster towards the middle, whereas men have a flatter distribution. And so that's why you see often that men dominate not only CEOs, but they also dominate the homelessness. So all homeless people, I think the stat that I read before was like 90% of homeless people are male. It's because men dominate this lower end of the spectrum and men are less agreeable and they're able to tolerate uh, more hardship. And so they're going to be dominating not only the CEOs, but also the homeless population. It's, People set, sort themselves out naturally. It's not because society hates men, and that's why men have higher suicide rates. Men have higher workplace fatalities. Men are ha- have higher homeless rates. It's not because society is oppressing men that these things happen. It's because of who men are on aggregate and what, what type of spectrum in the, in the intelligence spectrum that men make up. It, so her narrative of the, the world is very simplistic it wants to make the world into good guys versus bad guys. And th- uh, any challenge to that narrative, she needs to dismiss in some sort of fashion.
1: I can give you an example. Okay. There's a personality trait known as agreeableness. Agreeable people are compassionate and polite. And agreeable people get le- paid less than, dis- than less agreeable people for the same job. Women are more agreeable than men.
2: Again, a vast generalization. Some men generalization. are not more agreeable than yes, men. Yes,
0: that's <laughs> Yeah, there was a the recent scandal where an actress was paid $1,000 for some reshoots, whereas her male co-star, who's world famous and draws a lot of people in the movie, was given like $1.5 So $1.5 and 1000 And it turns out in negotiations for those reshoots, the, the woman actress, she was like, I'll give up my free time, I'll give up my vacation, I'll do what needs to be done, let's get this done. So she was incredibly agreeable. Whereas uh, Mark Wahlberg, I believe, was the actor. He's like, I'm not going to do this for anything less than a million dollars or whatever. And they were forced to concede to him because he was less agreeable. This is a negotiating thing. And uh, women tend to be more agreeable. And in this interview, Jordan Peterson states that in his personal one-on-one counseling with women to increase their salaries, he gives them assertiveness training, that they need to press for what they want and be less agreeable. And that works for women. So women who want something like higher pay – They need to work on these characteristics. It's not them being a woman that's keeping them down. It's them being high in agreeableness keeping them down. And Kathy Newman, does she internalize this? Does she understand it? True, but that's right. And some women get paid more than men. (laughs) So you were saying that by and large, women are... So yeah, I, I like that point as well. He's saying, yeah, we're looking at aggregates. When we look at individuals, some women are paid more than men. And so her point where she's trying to say, yeah, some men are less intelligent than women or whatever, he's saying, yeah, yeah, that, that is true. So are we going to look at individuals? Or are we going to look at aggregates? You pick one or the other because you're, you're flip-flopping to whatever fits your narrative best. You're, you're, you're not being consistent. <laughs> look at her face here. You, you see the cognitive distance. Her, her wheels are turning. And she does very, very poorly in this overall debate. Millions of views on this debate, about 4 million views already. And overwhelmingly, she's being lambasted for being intellectually dishonest, which I think, of course, as Scott Adams says in his review of this clip, that it's just cognitive dissonance. She actually believes that Jordan Peterson holds these beliefs. She actually believes that Jordan Peterson thinks women should be kept down, oppressed and discriminated against. When he tells her that he's increased these women's salaries who he's had private dealings with, she says, are you happy about that? he's like, of course, her assumptions in her mind would was that he would be mad about women earning more money because she can't contemplate a world that in which Th- people naturally sort themselves out, and then there's these discrepancies. She, she can't visualize this world. We're already going pretty long on this podcast, so let's, let's just talk about a few things. Cognitive dissonance, what it does is it takes individuals and, it, and it makes them think that reality is different than it is. So if you're being misrepresented by a Calvinist, you'll say something. A Calvinist will say, oh, so you believe this? You say, well, God changed his mind here. And they say, oh, you, so you believe God made a mistake? No, I'm not saying that. Uh, mistake is something different. We could talk about what a mistake is. But uh, what I'm saying is this is the biblical data. We need to deal with the Bible and look at what the text is actually saying. We, we need to take our personal emotions out of it. If you want to call it a mistake, go ahead, call it a mistake, but deal with the text. Let's focus back on the text. We're not talking about private opinions. We're not dealing off in fantasy land what we want to be true. We're dealing with What is? We're looking at the facts we're looking at the evidence and so watch that in debates when people mischaracterize what you're saying you got to do this thing where you you address their mischaracterization right away right out of the gate and you need to do it consistently every time Uh, she also does this thing in this uh podcast in this in this interview in which she does this the shotgunning technique and of course we've talked about the shotgunning technique on other podcasts in which Calvinists like to throw out proof texts, they'll, they'll throw out like five or six proof texts and all all in the line and just pretend their point is proved. And so you can't, it's, it's, it's rapid fire, it's too fast to deal with on each and every one of their points. So what you need to do is you need to take control of the situation. And let's show you a clip where where someone who's analyzing this interview, points out this strategy that she uses. Kathy Newman does the shotgunning technique that we've talked about before, and Jordan Peterson does exactly what I just said, where he brings it back. He pulls it back to one of her first points. All right, this clip I'm going to show you is from Charisma on Command. They have a lot of good videos on on how you carry yourself your posture your speaking techniques dealing with people interacting with people inc- increasing your charisma but they do this breakdown of this interview and this is called how to avoid and embarrassing yourself in an argument and they go over kathy newman's te- debate techniques in which she she embeds hidden assumptions and then they cover jordan peterson's response in which he ha- has to dismantle those hidden assumptions each time he deals with one of her questions but this part of the clip at the 613 mark is when she does this shotgunning technique and let's listen to what they say on that otherwise why would
2: there only be seven women running footsie 100 companies in the uk why why would there still be a pay gap which we've discussed oh, well, at, like, why are women at the question. bbc saying that they're getting Paid illegally less than men it can be easy to get overwhelmed and to lose focus as you try to answer all of these questions but with the smash technique in general the best policy is to slow down the tempo of conversation and tackle one question or one point at a time the same job well, that's not fair well, is let's it? go to the first question they're both those are complicated questions so hopefully now you're more aware of the so you're saying trap when people assume the sale and of course the smash technique this moves us to the second section of this video which is how to persuade someone in these kinds of situations.
0: And I will say it seems to me that. All right, so so you look at what she did. So she put out a rapid succession of presuppositions and he, he needs to slow her down. And so one of the good things he did during this clip is he says, oh, that's easy to answer, saying he has an answer to that question, signals to the audience that she's rapid firing through these things and he has answers. But then he pulls her back and he pulls her back to the first question about women CEOs and why is that? And we, the, the video here, the, the Charisma on Command video doesn't cover his response, but we need, we need to watch that response before we leave this podcast.
2: Do the same job. Well, that's not fair, well, is let's it? Let's go
0: to the first question. They're both, those are complicated questions. Seven,
2: seven women, re- repeat that one. There's seven, seven women running the top FTSE 100 companies in the UK. Oh, well, the I first, mean, the first question might
1: be, um, why would you want to do that?
2: Why would a man, man want to do it?
1: Well, there's a certain you know? number of, of men, although not that many, who are perfectly willing to sacrifice virtually all of their life to the pursuit of a high-end career. So they'll work... These are men that are very intelligent. They're usually very, very conscientious. They're very driven. They're very high-energy. They're very healthy. And they're willing to work 70 or, or 80 hours a week, nonstop, specialized at one thing, to get to the top. So you're saying
2: women are just more sensible. They don't want
1: that because it's not a nice life. Oh, I'm saying that's part of it, definitely. And so I work so you, for... So
2: you don't think there are barriers in their way that prevent them getting to the top oh, of those companies? Oh, there are some
1: barriers, yeah. Like other, like men, for example. I mean, to get to the top of any organization is an incredibly competitive enterprise. And the men that you're competing with are simply not going to roll over and say, please take the position. So it's, let me come back to my question. It's absolute all-out warfare.
2: Is gender equality a myth? <laughs>
0: Uh, is that a question? Is that a question? Is gender equality a myth? What is it? What is? It? I, no one knows what that even means. But look at this. Look at this exchange. So he has perfectly legitimate responses. He deals with her questions. He talks about individual preference. He talks about what it takes to succeed in business, and uh, character, character, and personality types. And she just she ignores all of it. She misrepresents what she, she, he says. And he, she thinks that what he's saying is women shouldn't succeed. Women should roll over and play with Barbie dolls, as she points out later in this video. It, it's just, just a grand experiment in cognitive dissonance. So watch for these signs when people misrepresent, they don't understand, they don't deal with the facts, they don't deal with the evidence, and uh, they try to push away from empirical data. It, Calvinist pushes away from the Bible, uh, it retreats into metaphysics. That's a, that's a sign of cognitive dissidence. But anyways, this, this podcast has gone long enough, and so uh, go watch this video. Go watch this Jordan Peterson, Kathy Newman interview. Go watch that Pierce Morgan interview as well. Both good interviews, and Jordan Peterson does the better job. This is a This is a famous interview, so even watching it will give you some some perspective into current pop culture because this has gone viral so watch watch how he reacts watch how he deals with her her traps and watch for her linguistical traps watch her expressions see how she deals with information that contradicts her narrative of the world if you have any questions or comments send that to questions at gmail.com thank you for listening